Welcome everyone to episode 45 of the HSO Dynamics Matters podcast, your regular sonic dive into the world of Microsoft technology related matters and much more besides. I'm your host, Michael Lennon, and in this episode, I travelled up to what I thought was going to be a beautiful tractor country in Suffolk County, only to learn that actually there's more to Suffolk than fields and farms. This was revealed to me during a chat with Suffolk County Council Deputy Chief Executive Chris Bally, who told me all about some of the wonderfully innovative ways that they use technology to create efficiencies and make millions of pounds worth of savings and service delivery. So grab a brew, sit back, relax and enjoy the show. Tea or coffee? Coffee. How do you have it? Black. You like it strong? Very strong, yep. Glamping or camping? Neither. <laughs> Glamping if I had to. <laughs> Sound like my wife. Uh, glass half empty or glass half full? Oh, very much half full. Very good, very good. Ask forgiveness, not permission, or ask permission, not forgiveness? Ask forgiveness, not permission. Very definitely, good. definitely. Yeah, you're, you're definitely my man. <laughs> um, how long have you been at Suffolk then, for, Chris? Uh, I've been at Suffolk for coming up for 14 years, but probably doing doing the current job, uh, so deputy chief exec for the last four years. Oh, very good. And what keeps you there? What What do you like about it? 14 years is quite a stint. Yeah, yeah. I'm, well, I'm I'm a Suffolk boy, so so that's the first thing to say. Sort of like, so I'm uh, you know I love the county, great place to live, lots going on. I think that it there's a bit of an image of Suffolk that is it's a bit sleepy and it's a bit rural and that kind of thing, and it's not really like that. You've got a lot of industry, a lot of opportunities for people. You know, a huge tech sector. Um, right. BT at Astral Park is in Suffolk, so at Astral Park is their global research base. So it's not we're not talking just about open reach, the internet provider. We're talking about global research, and it's about I approaching, I think, probably 150 companies now on the park, yeah. technology companies that work alongside sort of like BT on on all sorts of connectivity research. So it's a, it's a, it's a great place to live, great place to work. The people in Suffolk are lovely, you know, and it's, it, it is a great place. As you to are. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, no, it's 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 a, it's a lovely place to work, and obviously, it's the home to the best football team in the uh, in the UK. Oh, sure, Ipswich, sure. Ipswich, Chelsea, Ipswich, Chelsea, Ipswich, London Ipswich, table, Ipswich, Ipswich Town. Yeah. Oh, yeah. it's oh, sorry, yeah, I got sidetracked there. Does it, so is there much collaboration that goes on between uh, the council and with the hundred and fifty organisations that you highlighted there? Yeah, yeah, we try to certainly. I, I think we do. I mean, collaboration is absolutely central. I think to to a lot of the work we do in Suffolk, we do quite a lot of collaboration with our partners like district councils or the NHS or, or police voluntary sector businesses. But yeah, certainly between the the, the tech sector on, on the park and ourselves, we try and you know, bring them sort of like public sector challenges and, and say, look, you know, we're looking for a solution to this. You know, how can we work together to to do that? We've done some really good stuff with local companies around response to coronavirus and some stuff that we're, do, we're doing around artificial intelligence at the moment, home to school, transport. You know, there's a whole range of things that we've done with actually with BT and with some of the companies on the park. Well, wow. uh, why is it important to be able to collaborate with other councils with these t- in the tech sector in particular? Um, well, because I think people bring different perspectives, and and I, I, this this is kind of a very very a, a personal theory here. Uh, <laughs> you, you know, something that I've observed and and I think is true is if you bring sort of like subject matter experts together from different disciplines, I think that is the recipe for innovation. So if you take the stuff that we've done on home to school transport. We've got some some really really good transport planners 
they're absolutely passionate about uh, transport. They understand, you know, they know bus routes. They know where low bridges are in Suffolk. They know all about kind of like moving people around Suffolk. And we worked with the optimization team at Astral Park. And we said, so how can we use IT to optimize transport routes? What could you build an algorithm that knows where the low bridges are? And when you bring, and the subject matter experts from, you know, transport planners are kind of, we're not sure that can be done. And the optimizers are, I'm not really sure it works for transport. Put them in a room together and somebody starts talking. They go, oh, can you do that? Brilliant. Well, could you do this? And you start to see the, and and the output of that is a, was, was a visualization tool which just showed the transport routes. And the first time we put our director of children's services in the room with the visualization tool, the first thing he said is, why does that line go from there to there? And somebody said, well, that's because you're taking a child from there to there. And he said, well, why? And immediately you're into a completely different discussion. So again, I, wow. I, do, I do think that that's why collaboration is so important. That's a great example. And when we tend to think about solving challenges, the challenges in our minds in technology world uh, tend to be, we think, really, really big. But actually, smaller, simpler problems like the one you've just described there about the bus routes is actually more pertinent to particular kind of councils that you're working in. Yeah, well, um, bear in mind, bear in mind, we spend over £20 million a year getting children to school. Wow. Really? Yeah. That's amazing. I've never heard that statistic. And every county council in England will probably spend something similar. So if you can if you can come up with a way that saves ten percent of your cost by optimizing your routes, that's a that's a two million pound wow. saving. And I can say that I know that the optimization tool alone has allowed our transport planners to present routes to the market and say, could you provide that route for us? And it has saved us money. Wow. That's amazing. That's fantastic innovation. What about sharing it with other councils then? What about? Yeah, yeah. We t- I mean, again, we've talked about sort of like sharing it with our councils. We've been in conversation, particularly with our neighbouring councils with Norfolk, because right. actually it'd be quite good to test the product with another county council just to see whether it has the same, whether they see the same value in it as, as we've seen. That's quite. Do you think that's quite important? Then you know, you've, different councils are coming up with di- types of initiatives like this, using advanced technology, artificial intelligence. In this particular case, do you think it's important to share that wisdom that's being learned, so other councils could perhaps learn and save and and benefit from uh, that? Definitely, yeah, it has to be. I mean, there is no doubt that that different parts of the that the UK have different challenges, have different approaches to things. But for county councils, for example, all of us will be governed by the same statutory requirements yeah. and we'll be delivering the kind of like this the same services in a slightly different way so the more we know about how we are doing it in our places and are able to sort of like share a bit of understanding about that the better we can the better we can be so you know for example through the digital network that we've we've got with county councils we we have you know we formed a couple of groups where we're all using the same supplier and we're designing i don't know web forms and so one council say, well, I'm going to do a web form around blue badges, application process for blue badges. And so the rest of us can say, well, okay, well, we're not going to do that then. But what we're going to do is we're going to design a form for free school meals. And so in the end, we end up designing one form each and then sharing it. Now, we might need to adapt for local circumstances. But basically, if you're applying for a blue parking badge, a disabled parking badge, it's pretty much the same process wherever you do it. So it's so, taking the learnings from each thing, even if it's not specifically solving a challenge yeah. within yeah. a particular council. And do you think, do you think, I mean, in your opinion, do you think councils are generally pretty good at collaboration or do you think they're still a little bit too siloed in their thinking? 
I still think we're too siloed. Uh, you know, again, I still think we're a bit siloed in our thinking, and and I think that's that's not necessarily a product always of uh, not wanting to. It's a pro- sometimes a product of time and capacity, and the fact that the, f- the the focus for Suffolk will be serving the residents of Suffolk. The focus for Oxfordshire will yeah. be servicing the residents of Oxfordshire, Somerset, the same. So, so again, sometimes it it's not through lack of desire. It's just capacity, time, resources. This is going to sound like an odd question, but do you think COVID has helped improve collaboration between councils? Has it necessitated the need to collaborate between councils and solve similar challenges that it's posed? Yeah, I think it's probably accelerated. And again, it sounds, I mean, it's, it sounds really odd, doesn't it, when you think about, when you think about mm. this. When you go back to a pre-COVID sort of like world and you, and you think about how the, the county councils may have operated, the, the kind of collaboration that we do, we probably would have all met in London. Right. We probably, probably would have all gone into a room at the LGA in London and been there for a day and done some stuff. Whereas now Teams, Zoom, whatever platform you use, you can get online with somebody really quickly and you can share experiences. So I think it's accelerated that collaboration, that learning, definitely. There's a, there's a lot of noise at the moment about another sort of side topic is about devolution or devolution. Mm. Do you think do you think it's the right thing that more power is given or, or more decision making capability is given to the the councils? away from central government do you think that's a positive change and a positive step as we move forward away from covid definitely yeah yeah okay. uh, uh, definitely 100 percent. i think that so so suffolk's a county deal one of the nine areas that was announced as a as a potential pilot and we were negotiating a devolution deal sort of like a in 2016 with the with the last round and and i definitely think that, that uh, again this this is about unblocking barriers yeah. powers but but also it's not just about giving stuff from central government to local government it's about building different relationships between central government and local local government so you know sometimes it might not be that we want the that we want a specific power from central government but we we, we want central government around the table with us when we have a conversation yeah. you know if i give you a practical example so in suffolk we we're obviously coastal we have a huge amount of wind farm technology off the coast we're also in the process of going through an inquiry around sort of like um, Sizewell Nuclear Power Station and the potential next nuclear build. That means there's a huge amount of energy, electricity coming on, coming through Suffolk. But we have to deal individually with government departments, with the suppliers, whether that's Scottish Power Renewables, whether that's EDF, whether that's National Grid. And we don't necessarily want to change who makes the decisions or where the power sits, but we quite like a power to convene all of those people in the room to say, all this is happening in, in the same place, in the same residence. So if you're planning to build a substation or you're planning to build pylons, you, it doesn't really matter. It's the same residence. So you, yeah. you know, why are we dealing with them all individually for each planning application? Why aren't we treating Suffolk as a place? So that's the kind of thing that we want to talk to government about. Very good. And how important is technology? This is a, this is a, well, no, this is a broad question, but how important is technology to the, de- the, the decisions that you'll be making as part of perhaps the devolution um, pilot or perhaps as, as part of coming out of COVID and, and using technology that you've you put in place now to help serve citizens? Is technology an important factor in your future, I guess? Yeah, absolutely. Fundamentally important. It underpins everything we do. We had a kind of scrutiny committee meeting yesterday where they were talking about the future of IT and, uh, you know, are our systems, have we got all the, it was a much more technology sort of like based discussion. But I I think, again, one of the learnings is I'd probably say that pre-COVID, when you used to talk about 
IT systems at lo in local government, somebody would always come up with, yeah, but we have to remember not everybody is online and not everybody accesses IT. And that's still true. But actually now there's so much more done online as a result of the pandemic that if you're not connected and you're not accessing systems online, you're more likely to be excluded in some way from a, from a service. You know, whether that's booking a doctor's appointment and having yeah. an online consultation, whether, whether that's being able to pay, you know, your bills online. There's a whole range of, there's a whole range of things now that people have to be online to be able to do and in the most efficiently and the most effectively and allow them to get on with their life if you like so yeah, like, i think you're, you're more likely to be excluded if you can't get online which is why technology is so important it's really important that we we're, we we design intuitive technology where we can not too clunky i mean we, we you know sometimes we don't get it right but certainly that's something that that is is on our minds about making it easy make it accessible bringing people yeah, yeah. in and, and not yeah, so that people uh, are less excluded because of that yeah COVID forced councils to adopt the latest collaboration technology, such as Microsoft Teams, in double quick time in order to maintain service as usual within the, well, the unusual. But the challenge of adoption has been achieved in remarkably quick time and the use to accelerate innovation more broadly. And this momentum is continuing, as shown by Suffolk County Council in the use of artificial intelligence to find efficiencies that are saving them millions. And it's activities like this, done in collaboration with technology partners and other councils, that may well see those in local government become leaders in the use of technology, which is quite some turnaround. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to subscribe to receive each weekly episode straight to your inbox. Until next time, take care of yourselves.